Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. This week, we have the pleasure of welcoming MMA all-time great, uh, BKFC uh, announcer, uh, color man, uh, Chris Lytle. Chris, how you doing, my man? Thanks for joining us. Man, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for uh, letting me come talk with you guys. Chris, um, I mean, I got a ton of stuff I want to ask you. All right. I mean, we're, we're, we're literally like, I mean, I'm only a year younger than you, but um, I, I I can think of uh, a handful of, I know you fought here out here in Jersey where I'm from in Atlantic City. Yep. And, and um, I mean, I just, uh, I, I guess when I talk to somebody that I've seen fight as often from, from as far from uh, kind of before the sport reached you know, combat sports as a whole got to where it is now with internet and social media and all that stuff. I mean, what, what, what would you say uh, to you is, is like different from when you were, you know, uh, with, you know, fighting, uh, was it cage rage UFC and all the stuff you did? Like, like what, what, what have you seen the sport evolve into in your opinion, you know, now to this day, is it better or worse? Like what's your take on it? Uh, you know, in, in many ways it's better. I think in some ways it's, it's worse. I mean, it just depends on what aspects you're talking about. Um, you know, obviously I, I think the level of competition, the training, uh, every, all that's way better. You know, the, the evolution of the sport, it, it's always funny how things go in waves and, and, um, and just people just keep getting better and better, and better. Hell, even myself, I, I feel like I'm better in some aspects. My knowledge is more, you know, just the more you do it, the longer time you get better. Uh, we've getting, you know, I think when, when more money got involved, you get better caliber of athlete who's decided to start doing it. You know, it used to be if you were that caliber playing football or basketball, a lot of people were like, screw it, I can make money doing this. I can I can do good things with this. So um, that's gotten better, I think. Uh, you know, some aspects of it, you know, uh, for example, I was talking to somebody the other day. We were talking about, I remember in one of, I don't know, UFC 55 or something, I don't know, 52. We, we, afterwards, you'd be kind of hanging out afterwards and, you know, you'd be in a, like a, somebody's big room or a couple rooms connected and it'd be like over there, you see like Chuck Liddell and over here, I'm hanging out with like Evan Tanner and Randy Couture. And like, it was just these little small parties, everybody be together. You know, now it's like, everybody's, I'm at the pier. I got my own after party, but it was just like a smaller intimate group. Everybody kind of mm. knew each other a little bit more. There, there were some pretty cool aspects of that. And like, I think, um, you know, every fighter was really in it. They just like to fight. You know what I mean? I think you, maybe not quite as much. Now people are like, oh, I just want to make a career here and out, outbox this guy and try and hold him back. I mean, those people just want to fight back then. So I think uh, a little bit of the mentality is a little bit different. And um, just, just little things like that is a little more intimate, closer. Everybody knew each other a little more because it was just it was smaller. That's funny you asked that, Ed, because I actually was talking to a friend the other day, and they and they asked me about that being that I was around back then, and I kind of explained it. Now fighters seem today to be searching for kind of fortune and glory. Yeah. Um, back then there was no fortune. There was there was some glory. <laughs> there, was uh, glory. But there was glory, but it was still even a, a small glory. You, you didn't. They didn't know about you necessarily in Indonesia. You know, you you were known about in Vegas. You were known about in Japan um, you, and stuff like that. You were like known that. In, in small circles. You were very popular, but it, as you weren't being seen on ESPN, and you didn't go. You know, you you wouldn't walk down the street in a lot of places, and people like, oh my, you know, get pictures taken with you. I mean, now when you went to fights, yes, that would happen, but it wasn't a mainstream thing. So yeah, like you said, I always tell people if they were fighting for the money, they just 
weren't very smart or weren't very good at math. I don't know what it was, but they, uh, the money didn't come for a while. Yeah, yeah, you can look back at those old paydays, and it's, it's, <laughs> it might shock some people who are, are newer to the sport. Oh yeah. Uh, now, as a as a guy who grew up in Indianapolis, uh, looks like you know you you had a you had one fight. According to I, mean, I imagine you had a bunch of other fights, but according yeah. to the records that I look at, uh, you had a fight, and then you basically went to Japan. Uh, <laughs> as a as a kid from Indianapolis, uh, was there any kind of what was you, what was I mean around the same time I was training with Mark Hall. I'm not sure if you he fought in the early UFCs. Yeah. Um, and uh, and he was fighting, doing some stuff in Japan and Brazil and stuff. Was there any uh, apprehension for you as a fairly young guy to get on a plane and go compete in Japan? Well, to be honest with you, you know, I had a lot more fights than that. I probably had 15 of them that aren't on my record because even though they used to be on the record, they went through it and, and basically said any state that wasn't sanctioned at the time, those don't count. So I, unfortunately for me, every one I had was a win that they took away. They didn't take away my losses and that's the way it goes, though, right? They don't. They, you know, so uh, I was like ten and zero when they sent me to, when I went to Japan. I'd been fighting. I started ninety eight, so I had, you know, I just kind of mm. cleaned up on the midwestern circuit and just kind of beat all the people around here. Had one big fight, you know, my man, and then you know I met a, a lady named Phyllis Lee. I kind of knew her through my guy Jason Gachi was fighting um, over in Japan, and, and you know she watched me fight a couple times. Like if you win this one, I'm saying I'll send you over to Japan. So. I was fired up. I won, and I get to go over to Japan. But no, I was—I've been training really hard for about a year and a half to to get over there. And it was just um, pretty much. I mean, to be honest with you, when I went over there, and then when I first fought in the UFC before Dana White and Zoof and then bought it, I, I thought Japan was better. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, they treated it like a real sport. There, you go over there. People don't realize it's like like the sport had been there for a long time in Japan. By the time I'd been there, been there for over ten years. So. You know, a lot of people think the UFC was where they they combined all these different martial arts. No, they've been doing that in Japan for a long time, for, for several years. So, like, the UFC did, wasn't the beginning. That's why if you look at all the, the early fighters, they were from Japan who did well. You know, Ken Shamrock, Guy Metzger, Frank Shamrock, Boss Rudin. Those guys were all been doing this for years over in Japan. So, um, that culture, they're already understood and respected fighting for something the people here did. They thought it was a freak show here for a while, but then uh, over there they understood the, the, the mixed martial art aspect. So, um, I mean, when you talk about the, uh, the, the, the way the UFC kind of the inception here with the different styles versus styles, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, when you were coming into the sport, uh, 98, 99 were I mean, just because of I, I, when I was doing my research on you, looking back at stuff, just for my questions, I saw you have a lot of like. I mean, you've done a lot of. You've got a. Uh, I mean, uh, you kind of just clarified one thing for me because you said you've been fighting since '98, and what I saw said '99. So, yeah. Um, but you just said that well, not a lot of that stuff's on record. <laughs> the, uh, so, but I mean, uh, I saw you have a, a pro boxing record of thirteen one and one. Your your overall uh, bare knuckle record is three and zero, and obviously your MMA record speaks for itself. But um, would you say like uh, boxing was your base? You just always like throwing hands, or no, man? I, was, I started off as a wrestler, you know, back in '98. Um, I was a wrestler, and I, I started going. I never really did traditional jujitsu. I was more of a catch wrestler when I got. I mean, I did a little mm -hmm. bit of jujitsu at the beginning, but then I got involved with the people who were. It was more of a catch wrestling style. We really enjoyed that, and then um, I met up with some good stand-up fighters and, uh, you know, some kickboxers. And I was like, man, I, I want to be as well-rounded as possible. And um, I did that. And then I started 
going to boxing gyms and then I became a professional boxer, which really made me more well-rounded than most people at the time, I would say. So when I started doing a lot of boxing, I kind of fell in love with that. And mm. then, you know, everybody saw me as this boxer, but, you know, they didn't really realize that before that I was more of a ground specialist. So I'm, I'm, I'm throwing punches and making people take bad shots on me and, um, put that, that they felt like if they get me the ground, they're fine. Then I'd get, <laughs> I'd submit them. So it, uh, it kind of worked out in my favor. Nobody really knew exactly. I mean, people had a misconception of me as a fighter. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Phyllis Lee and she yeah. has never been mentioned on our podcast. Uh, <laughs> for those that don't know, I rec I know her from being Dan Severn's manager oh, yeah. um, in, in the early UFCs. And, um, and actually just kind of being thrown off by a, a older lady. I have no idea how old she was at the time, but an older Nobody lady. Does. Yeah. An older lady kind of yelling and screaming with, you know, with, uh, yeah, she's got damn sweaty shirt on her shoulder and, you know, she's kind of sitting there. And uh, so, but, but uh, anybody who's done anything into her, she's a major, major role in the history of, of mixed martial arts. Uh, Man, uh, if you wanted to go over and fight in Pancras, it was one of the best, and you were from America, you had to go through Phyllis, you know, and, um, you know, like I said, my guy, Jason lived in Indianapolis and, uh, you know, she was his manager. And when I started training with Jason and started fighting, he was just like, ah, oh. you know, he talked to Phil's about me because she sent a couple, I remember she sent a guy over, he's supposed to go fight over in Pancrase and she sent him down to train with Jason. And so Jason was like, okay, Chris, we're going to train with this guy. And I, uh, I, I was just beating the guy and this guy was all discombobulated and he's mad. He's like, I'm not going over to Japan. They're, they're beating me over here. You know, and he's like, even this guy's beating me. He didn't even know who I was. So then I was like, I'll go. And then, uh, they, they kind of sent me over instead. So it was kind of nice. So, so, uh, let me ask, um, I mean, obviously all this, all this, all this time fighting. I mean, you, you find yourself in the world of bare knuckle. Uh-huh. I mean, you're doing the announcing of <laughs> I mean, you, you, you fought and stuff like, um, what drew you, what drew you to bare knuckle? I mean, is it just because uh, the competition in you just, you just want to compete and you like being around it or that's part of it. But you know, I feel like I started fighting in 98 and you know, back, back then when I would fight, I mean, we didn't even call it MMA. It was called NHB, you know, no Mm -hmm. holds barred. So you could headbutt, you can need the head on the ground. You can kick soccer, kick, you can do whatever, man. There was a lot less rules. And that was something like, you know, not that, I enjoyed the freedom of that and, and it made it different. Like you couldn't sit there and wait for something because you knew a headbutt was coming. You had to roll, you had to move and open up more submissions, but it also made you, I think a more complete better fighter, but people weren't as good back then. Like I said, you could get serious damage. Well, I understand why they've done this stuff, but so that aspect never really bothered me. So, um, you know, I, I love boxing. I love doing MMA. And I, I remember at one point, you know, I'm retired and retired for, several years and I'm, I'm looking on the internet and I see on Facebook, it's like Joe Riggs bare knuckle fight in London. I was like, what the hell's wrong with Joe, man? I said, I, what, <laughs> I gotta watch. So I click on the link. I said, I gotta watch what he's doing. I, I thought they were going to be like in some, you know, like a warehouse with people be- smoking cigars and betting hundred, you know, hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching and it wasn't like that. And I was like, okay. And about halfway through the fight, I go, I think I got to at least try this once. You know what I mean? It's like, I consider myself uh, a combative athlete who's done everything possible. Like I haven't done this. Uh, I'm going to get a hold of these guys. So eventually I, I found out it took me months. I got a hold of those guys and they're like, yeah, we'll have you fight. Flew me out there. I fought. And then um, I came back to the States and 
came and talked to the Indiana Boxing or you know the Athletic Commission, tried to get it legalized here, and they were like, "Yeah, we're not we're not legalizing it." So, all right. Hmm. Then I got a phone call a little bit later uh, from you know, BKFC, and they were asking me to fight, and I'm like, "Hell yeah, I'll, I'll do it a couple of times." But then uh, at that point, I was already you know 44, or so 43, 44. I was like, "Man, I I, I want to do this, but I also I also you know I I've been." fighting long enough in all kinds of different realms. I I enjoy commentary. I'd like to do some commentary for you guys, but I felt like it was good that I had, I've had three fights. So I wouldn't respect somebody to trust them if they hadn't had any fights to, to, to commentate it very well. So I, I have enough knowledge because I've done it some and uh, you know, and, and just yeah. year, you know, 20 plus years of fighting. No, I think that's, I think that's commendable. A, that you, yeah. you do it. I think it's awesome that you, you, you know, I think it's just cool that you did it. And like you said, for, for uh, to be, respected i, I think yeah. that that's, that's something that a lot of people don't do well, um, it's, it's I, not even just a respect it's just that i don't have i wouldn't have an intimate knowledge of it if i hadn't been in there you know and you I, you have to go through that just so i can understand things from their eyes it's easy for me to sit here and talk what's going on you know that quarterback's right through this you don't know chris you've never been in the nfl you know you, you might have played backyard football not the same thing so mm. i felt like it was important that i got out there and do it well, on a couple notes, I would like to commend you and Sean Wheelock uh, over the weekend between me watching Bellator, UFC, and BKFC. You guys were the best booth of the weekend. My uh, man. I mean, I, I love, I, you know, we all love Rogan and, and, and those guys um, and, and uh, the guys, you know, Big John and stuff, but you guys are clean. You guys, I, I, I've been a big wow. a fan of Sean Wheelock for a long time. Um, I thought him and Jimmy Smith were like, the best ever when uh -huh. they were doing Bellator and, uh, and you do a great job with him. I, I like Man. the flow of it. And I, I just want to commend you on that. I really uh, appreciate that. I'm very fortunate. You know, Sean is such an easy guy. He just like sets me up for layups. All I got to do is make him. You know, uh -huh. I remember when, when I first started doing it with him, he's like, Chris, uh, your job is to pretend, you're the corner man, you know, tell, what, what are you going to tell your guy if he's your fighter? I'm like, all right, cool. You know I'm saying? So if he's doing something good or, or what he needs to do or what he's doing wrong, it's, I, I think that's my job is to try and give people insight like that. And that's just based on what he's kind of telling me. And then, then just us doing, doing reps together and get more familiar with other Sean's, Sean's easy to work with, man. He's, he's about as easy as it gets. He knows his job well and he, he helps, he carries my ass along. Yeah. I mean, if I could just add to, I mean, uh, you, you can finish in a minute, man. I just, because uh, when you said that, uh, Chris, I mean, that's one of the things my biggest, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, gripe is uh, when, when people try to, uh, with, with the growth of the sport, like the first question I asked you, one of the things that kind of bother me is that you get a lot of these like new, new people that, are, that are, are not as familiar with it and they're in a place where they say and comment and put a lot of their, their insight in it. And I mean, with more eyes on it, you want you want more people like yourself that have been in, you know, like you said, you've been there, you felt it, you felt the, I mean, you've been, you've won, you've lost. That's the stuff that matters to, to I think, to most fans. And it's a way to educate people about the sport too, because uh, like you said, you went to, to the, the commission and without even probably looking at any statistics or anything, they, they were like, no, because they just heard bare knuckle. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel like guys like yourself, you know, you're going to be the ones that, 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 add those details to make folks think twice and, and give it a second look. So I just wanted to add that. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I remember the first, the, the thing Indiana said, was well, Chris, Indiana's not going to be the first state to do anything. That was when mm -hmm. we left. I was like, okay, we're done here. Chris. I know you're not going to change. It doesn't matter what I say. Cause I was, I was, uh, a study just came out. The BKFC felt validated when they said, you know, it's, it's, 
it's less damaging than boxing or MMA. When I, that's what I was trying to tell. Even the, you know, coming back and having some fights in my mid forties, you know, the wife obviously family wasn't very happy with it. But I was like, look, this is the only thing I'll do. This is way safer than boxing, way uh -huh. safer than MMA, and I fully believe that. Um, especially even the training. I don't, I don't stand there. I'm in and out. You have to spar different, train different, and. and and fight different. So you, you can't be there. I mean, you can't take that many punches or you're going to be cut. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you're superficially it's worse. You're going to get cut, but you're not going to do brain damage. I don't care if I get cut. I care if I'm, you know, 20 years from now and I I'm sitting there, you know, shadow boxing in my living room thinking I have a fight coming up. My kids like that's just grandpa. You know, I don't want to be that guy. So <laughs> that's why, I mean, it is safer. And I, I don't know that that's just why that that was important for me to let people understand that. Yeah, we had Joey Beltron on the week before he uh, he fought Marcel Stamps, and uh, he he commented the same thing. He said after every one of my UFC fights, I was basically bedridden for a good week to two weeks with a with a concussion. He yeah. goes, I, I, he goes, I've never had that. I've never had a concussion. I've never missed training the kids at my gym on Monday morning after a BKFC fight. He goes, sometimes I'm ugly looking. He goes, but, <laughs> that's, but always, uh, that's always that's always. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but to get back to the other thing. So uh, again, uh, as some, and I've been to 200 something live MMA events Ooh. going back. I had to get out to this BKFC thing, even during a pandemic um, from yeah. Southern California, I flew out to Kansas. Um, I needed to get to an event that uh, I needed the rush again of just seeing it <laughs> after seeing it, you fighting in it means that much more to me because it is something totally different. This yeah. isn't boxing. This isn't MMA. It's its own technique. It's its own style. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of MMA fighters. It takes something special to get into that the ring, to, especially to watch what goes down and yeah. then step into it. Man, I remember like the first time I got in there over in Europe, I remember I was, uh, the guy, he kind of, he came out, he was, had different movement. He came in, he went to throw this overhand right. And I was like, I know it's an overhand right. And I know I can block it and step in and throw this uppercut. But at the same time, I, I was like, if I don't block this right, I'm getting cut or knocked. You know what I mean? It was just this thing. In split second, it was like, disengage, you know? So it took me probably around before I got my distance down. It was just different. You know, people don't understand that the distance is different because, you know, this is easy to block with gloves on, but this and you miss and you're, I mean, it, it could be, I, I've seen a couple of fights where a guy was getting wrecked and all of a sudden one punch, boom, he cuts the guy open fights over. I mean, it, it's, mm. it's lit. I mean, it's more so than any other combative sport. One punch is all it takes. I mean, one of the fights we had this weekend, um, I think Jason fans coming in and, and uh, Quentin Henry hit him with a jab and knocked him out. Just hit him in the mm -hmm. eye. And it was like, ah, I, I can't see, you know, mm. and, uh, had a couple of those where a guy got hit right in the eyeball. It's like, dude, that, that knuckle fits in there. Glove's not fitting in there, but you get in the eyeball, that, that hurts, you know, and a fight over. So uh, once you realize that, it is different. And, and if you guys haven't watched it, I bet you have, but you watch uh, Jason Matt and Artem Lobov like the first time they fought. Yeah. <sighs> Man, that was an intense fight. Dude. I was there, you know, doing doing work. And, I mean, that place was so electric. It was It was one of the best fights I've ever been to personally. I, I, yeah, that's that's definitely one of the the more memorable BKFC <laughs> fights that I've seen. I mean, I, I mean, uh, and I I talked to Lobov after that. I mean, that that's one. I'm kind of like I feel like I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see them do it again, but uh, I mean, I just wanted to go back to something Matt said with with everything. Um, yeah. The, the uh, uh, how has it been? You know, doing doing the events the way that you do them now with, with during the the COVID situation and stuff like that. I mean, is is it more of a hassle for you? I mean. 
to get in and get out or, or no i mean man I, i'll be honest with you uh, I, I i i i don't understand how i haven't got anything at all man i mean I, i've just never really been good at following these rules like i don't wear a mask half the time that i'm supposed to i've been around a lot of people uh, i've flown many many times i've never got it so i mean i just really haven't let it affect me i try and take good care of my health i take my vitamins all the time i work out i'm healthy you know and um so i'm just continuing to do everything i've been doing i'm trying to take the precautions i can but man Dude, I love doing this stuff. I love uh, being involved around these fights. So, you know, no, I, I haven't really changed much about it. and hasn't been that big uh, of, of a hassle to me. I mean, you go there, usually uh, we'll get tested. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, you know, I still don't have anything. Let's keep going. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm Maybe I'm way off on this. I just keep thinking maybe if I just keep trying to take care of myself and, mm-hmm. and, and boost my immune system, maybe that's the best thing I can do. Or maybe I got the type of blood that you don't get it very much. I, I don't know. I don't know. No, yeah, that's we we don't know. And the funny thing is, it's funny you're saying that because uh, uh, I was with my instructor last night, and uh, he and I were talking about it. And I was like, I said to him, I was like, you think maybe because we're you know we're grappling and sweating on top of each other, we're building up our immune systems or something? I mean, that's, it, that's, but I I mean, man, I, I, in our gym, I'm like, dude, people have gotten staff or whatever. I was like, <laughs> we got like ten things worth, and like Corona probably gets in here and gets his ass beat by all these other back. <laughs> I mean, so I'm thinking, man, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong there, but I just feel like, you know, us doing that is probably the best thing we can do. Hide in our house and like, you know, becoming, you know, you get less, uh, you know, immune, your immunity system gets compromised, I believe, more. I, I don't know. I think mine's pretty strong going to where I go, my gym, you know, I, maybe I'm wrong. I yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, no, it's, and, and luckily, nothing, nothing's, you haven't gotten, terribly sick so so no. far so far it's, it's working uh unfortunately I, 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 here, go ahead i'm sorry I, I haven't really been sick in like 10 years but go ahead yeah no i was just gonna say i was actually scheduled to come out to the last show this past one in oh. wichita before it got changed it got changed last minute and i wasn't able to make it to mississippi uh meeting you in salina was obviously great as a lifelong laker fan seeing shaquille o'neal in mississippi Ooh. First of all, I was bummed that I wasn't there to get a chance to meet Shaq. Second of all, did you ever think you would get a chance to sit in a booth with Shaquille O'Neal? Uh, oh no, <laughs> not at all, man. It was uh, it was kind of surreal. All of a sudden, I'm there, I'm doing the prelim, and all of a sudden, I feel this big old paw like on the my back. I was just like, what the hell? And I look over, it was Shaquille, and I was like, oh shit, wow. He's a huge fan of the sport. Such a cool guy, man. I loved that he came and did a. One of the fights with us, and we talked about it. it was it was nice, man. You good dude, man. I'm, I'm glad to see him. I mean, and that's just that he liking it. Oh man, this is awesome. And that's huge for BKFC. I mean, you think you think back to the early days of you, you know, the, not the early days, but like when you when I saw you fight at UFC 49 and UFC 51 uh, against Ronald John and uh, Cairo Parisian. Um, at those times, like if you had the Rock or Jamie Presley, yeah. or like any of those fans in the crowd, it was big because like all of a sudden the camera would pan on them. Yeah. The, the soundbite Shaq gave you for BKFC the other day, I mean, some promotion, and I don't know what it, I don't know what they're allowed, I don't know how that works, but he had nothing but good things to say. I, 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 I that can't be bad. <laughs> it really can't. Oh no, man. I mean, and here's, here's a, the beautiful thing. Our next fight, it was going to be February 5th. It's going to be, uh, in Tampa, you know, Super Bowl weekend where the Super Bowl is being played. 
there's going to be some people there. I mean, I'm I would not be surprised if Shaq is going to be back there, and probably mm. with the whole gang of different, you know, celebrities and athletes. It's going to be we're going to show out that night. I mean, you got Paige Van Zandt doing her first fight. Oh mm. man, it's going to. Oh, not only that, you know, that win is going to be fighting Belfort. Uh, 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 Jay, Bedford, Johnny Bedford. Johnny Bedford, yeah. Oh, jeez, man. Can you imagine? I mean, I've been looking forward to that fight for a long time. You know, it's funny. I mean, you kind of already answered my other question that I had for you because you the, you just spoke so highly about BKFC. I was going to ask you, you know, looking back now, what is well, as a, as a fan, what's your preferred combat sport? But it sounds like the answer is is uh, BKFC. Well, I mean, I, I keep telling man, I wish you guys were around five years ago. I'd be I'd been doing this so much more, but. um you know, after my last fight, I had wrist surgery and just never really gotten back to one. I've always tried to kick the idea around another fight. But man, I'm, I'll be 47 before you know it. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, no, but at some point, the- you got to stop, man. You know, I just, yeah. I just enjoy doing it so much. But, you know, if there's something, I, I when I talk to a, the true fighters, and I can tell if they're true fighters, when they when, when you start talking to Bare Knuckle, when they kind of get excited, you know, when they want to, oh, man, and, and they ask me about it. I'm like, dude, th- this guy's down. You know, he, 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 he just likes to fight. He just mm. likes combative sports. Some people just do this stuff because they're really good at it. And some people just love it. And, mm. you know, I was in that first, you know, I, I, I mean, I wasn't in that first, I was the second, I, I just love to do it, you know? And so um, it, it's just fun for me to, to be around of it and be part of it. And um, it, it, to be honest with you too, I tell a lot of the fighters when you're older, like I remember after I retired at, at one point, I was like, man, I got another fight or two left of me and I went and I trained and I remember I was talking to Mitri and he was like, dude, how'd you feel after you trained two days in a row? I was like, terrible. He's like, try and do that 20 days in a row. I was like, yeah, I couldn't get through a camp. I mean, it would just hurt. Like I only know how to go one way hard all the time. Go in mm-hmm. every day, day in, day out, go. But you can't do that when you're in your forties, man. I mean, your back hurts, your shoulder hurts, your knees hurt, but you know what? You go to do a bare knuckle fight. These two things, you go in, you hit the mids, you hit the bag, you, you jump rope, you spar. That's it, man. It's so easy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's easy, but that's like a third of your practice for an yeah. MMA fight. You know what I mean? So it's so much easier on your body. Only thing you worry about is your your, your hands and your shoulder. I mean, but it's not like you're having knee problems, back problems. I mean, that's just not non-existent with that. So I think it's good for older fighters who can't do it. I mean, in order to really do a proper MMA fight, you'd have to be on some form of something. And, and that's really not possible anymore. I mean, mm. I feel bad for the guys who, you know, Usada came in. Just look how the, I mean, people have tanked because they're not necessarily using those those testosterone and, and growth hormone to get bigger and stronger. They're just doing something they can train three days in a row. I get it, but you just can't do it. Well, you just said that. I've been I've been thrashed over the last twenty years for basically saying that that that. That's what was necessary, especially yeah. in the early days uh, when you were when you were fighting as often as you were. Yeah. Uh, you know, now you can be a big UFC star and really fight once a year if that's yeah. what you choose to do. Back then, you know, guys like Travis Fulton and those guys were fighting three times a week. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, he's the extreme. Uh, but but even you, I mean, you fought everybody. Looking down your record, I mean, you fought from 2000 basically to 2010 or so. You fought everybody in the welterweight division. Um, with the exception maybe of George St. Pierre, um, yeah. is he the one fight that you missed not having? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I was really looking forward to that. I remember when we were on the Ultimate Fighter, he came out there and he trained with us, you know, and um, I felt like I did very well with him. And I was like, man, this is a dude, I, I want to fight him and see, you know, 
I want to really test myself and see where I'm at. Unfortunately, when I fought, you know, Matt Sarah, I lost a split decision and Sarah went out and knocked him out the next fight. And, uh, you know, I always wanted to have that fight. I mean, you know, I like George. He's a super nice guy, but man, it isn't about that. I haven't, I don't dislike anybody I fight. Usually. I'm actually friend and really sucks. I fought Matt Sarah twice. I'm great friends with him. I think he's one of my favorite people in the sport, but it is what it is. You fight who you have to fight. And I always wanted to fight St. Peter's because he was, you know, what I consider, you know, the top guy up there. And who doesn't want to test himself against the best? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you take any, um, I mean, you, you fit, you were one of the few fighters, um, who made a name for themselves that actually kind of got to retire or walk away, at least from the UFC fairly much on top. You won your last fight against a tough Dan Hardy. Um, you won four of your last fights. Um, you were a number one title contender in a couple of those fights. Um, is, do you get to look back at that and at least feel like you, you, you got to, you know, you didn't, you know, I like, you know, Emelian Anko Fedor is one of my idols and obviously he's had a rougher BJ Penn's had a, hell of a run. Uh, Chuck Liddell, it didn't end great for Crow Cop. A, a lot of those guys kind of from your era, um, mm. you get to look back and kind of think like, you know, maybe I quit a fight early, but I'd rather, rather quite a fight early than a fight late. Oh yeah. You know, and, and I think Dan and them, I think they kind of liked the way I left it because they don't like to see that man. Like, uh, you know, I know Dana really, really likes Chuck Liddell and he really likes Matt Hughes and those guys and to see them keep coming back and, you know, he doesn't like that. And then when, like, Cowboy, he's saying, man, we need to seriously talk. You know, he, he doesn't want to see people because Dana's smart enough. He knows what that 10 years later looks like and the 20 years later looks like, you know, and, and it's not good. I mean, one of the scariest things ever, I remember my, my second pro boxing match, I was, it was down in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and I went in there and I couldn't understand the guy, like, setting the things up. I was like, talking to my coach, like, what's he saying? He said, we need to go over here. I'm like, well, what's he saying? I mean, the guy was just couldn't talk right. I was like, Jesus, man. That's not gonna happen to me. And he's like, "No, nah, we're." He said, "We're gonna limit you to like five, five like wars, and you're not gonna have war in that." So I'm like, "All right, whatever." But I mean, I, I didn't really get that as much. Like, I can take as many as want. Well. No, you can't. You know, I mean, they were taking care of me and being smart. Um, so you know, what it was kind of funny how it really happened. Why I decided to retire? Like I said, I won five out of my last six fights, but I just uh, uh, I'd been hurt one of my fights, and I. You know, I, I fought anyway, and afterwards I decided to actually take a little bit of time off. Like I said, I never took time off. I was always in the gym, always in the gym. And I had to rehab my knee because I had surgery. And uh, I went to my son's basketball games and my daughter's gymnastics stuff. And usually I couldn't do that. So all of a sudden I'm doing that for a while, and I'm starting to realize, like, my kids were in high school all of a sudden. And, and, uh, and, and I remember they called me and asked me if I to fight Dan Hart. I was like, absolutely, and I'm excited. And I – I started to go to the gym that day and I just felt it was like the first time ever I felt guilty. You know, I felt mm. bad. Cause I mean, you know, I had four kids and I was the only one who worked, you know, my wife didn't work for like 12 years. I didn't have to, cause I was, I was doing that and it was making good money. But at the same time I wasn't around my kids at all. You know what I mean? And I started realizing, man, these guys, they're going to be gone here soon. I'm not going to, I'm not going to know them like I need to. So, you know, I was at the gym. I left, I felt guilty and I talked to the wife and we just like, all right, it's going to be my last fight. I'll just, that gave me the freedom to go train every day. I didn't feel guilty anymore. I was like, this is it, you know? So I was able to go there. It's like, ain't no way in the world I'm going to lose my last fight. And mm. so I went there and I trained my ass off and I fought Dan. And I, it just couldn't have been a better ending, man. Like I, I knew I was retiring. I handed Dana my retirement letter. And then uh, I got to bang out like I wanted. People were telling me to take him down. I'm like, nope, I'm staying there. And he tried to take me down. I got to 
get five the night and the seven the night. It was perfect. I tell you what, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna rewatch that one while I'm doing the audio engineering for this cool. for this podcast, man. Because <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, like I said, I mean, I've seen a lot of your fights coming up, man. And I mean, as I'm I'm really glad you made time to come on here. I mean, I, I I know uh, we're probably coming close to to the end of the time, but uh, I just wanted to say that because I mean, again, you're you're one of those guys that, man. I remember getting together with uh one of my he, he lives in Florida now, but my my bud my buddy that I started jujitsu with. We used to watch all the UFC pay per views and stuff like that. And we we'd get together and watch, you know, guys like you fight. So it's it's uh, it's uh, I mean, it's pretty special to get to talk to somebody that you've seen compete so much. So thank you for no, for the fights, and, and I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to what you're what you got coming in the future. I appreciate that, man. You know, when I was fighting, I remember, um, you know, I obviously I always wanted to win. I always wanted to, you know, make it, try to get the title and everything. But I remember. Uh, after I after I lost that that split decision to Matt Sarah, like I felt like I didn't fight my style. I didn't fight, go out there and try to finish. I, I was like, that was the one fight in my career. I remember saying, mm. I don't care how I win, I was going to win. Uh, and I lost a split decision, so that was I mean, first of all, painful that it split decision. Second of all, that you know I didn't feel like I left it all out there the way I should have. So after that, I was always like, look, I don't, I'm never going to lose like that again. I might lose, but I'm never going to lose trying to win the decision. I'm going to try not people out or submit. And that's the only way I'm going to try to fight. And um, it was always important to me. I wanted, I wanted the fans at the end. Like, I, I wanted, if they saw my name was on the card, I wanted them to be like, I'm going to get this pay-per-view because I know there'll be some good fights on it. You know, I know there'll be at least one good fight on it. That's, that's all. I, I mean, if they're buying it because they knew I'll be there, I was happy, man. I mean, that, if, if nothing else, I, I think I understood more than some people that this is about entertainment, you know, uh, Going over to Japan a lot, I think they had a different mentality over there. You know, you fought heavier guys. There was no weight class when I first started going over mm-hmm. there. And I was like, <laughs> I had to lie to tell them I, I weighed like 190 pounds when I was like 175. You know, so <laughs> they look at me first and like, oh, I was like, oh, I've been dieting over there. I can't remember what I said. <laughs> but, uh, but man, I mean, it's all about going out there, you know, and, and trying to put on the best show. But you don't want to go out there and lose. I mean, I wanted to win every time, and I and I tried to put on exciting fights, but I was going to win, but now I win, I want to win my way. You know, I'm not willing mm-hmm. to go out there and eke out a decision. I want to try and knock your head off if I was going to win. And uh, I enjoyed the fact that people liked that and, and, and understood what I was trying to do. Um, it wasn't a win at all cost to me. I'd rather lose a great fight sometimes than win a terrible one. It just, I know it's not a, it, it, you sound funny saying that sometimes, um, but I don't know. It was true. Hmm. And a couple quick things for me before we sign off here. Um, so as somebody who won as many of the bonuses, especially the early day <laughs> bonuses as you did, mm-hmm. when you would win a fight and it was an exciting fight, or even if even if it was one where you, you lost, but you were a fight of the night, you know, candidate, uh-huh. did you root did you root for the other fights to suck? Oh hell yes. Oh <laughs> I was like, no, no, I'm never I'm never the one that pissed me up more than anything. So I fight uh UFC one sixteen, I fight Matt Brown, you know, tough, tough dude, you know, and I, I got him in a double submission, like a triangle, reverse triangle choke arm ball. So he's like, Yes, and I was like, Oh, that's fight the night. That's why I said, Joe Rogan, he said, What do you call that? I called the fight of the night. <laughs> so then Brock Lesnar goes out there and he fights Shane Carwin and gets beat up the first round. You know, I was like, No, just stop him. Call call the fight. He's not fighting back. So then he just takes it the first round. He get, and I knew Shane Carwin had never been past one round. So I was telling people, if it goes past one round, he's losing. I guarantee it. Well, second round, he his arms are just done. Mm. Brock shoots in, takes him down, and chokes him just like this. Ugh. 
Mm-hmm. And they gave him sub of the night. I'm like, that that wasn't even a good sub. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> my 70 grand. I was like, dude, this is not fair. That doesn't even pay for his growth hormone this year. Come on, give me that money. They, they didn't give it to me. Especially somebody they probably were giving, you know, seven figures to just to I show know. up. I like, doesn't need, just because he got beat up the first round and choke him, it wasn't the best sub of the night. So whatever. <laughs> the second quick one. Go while going down your record. This one's a little bit uh, kind of a funny one, but uh, you you fought at UFC 28 and you had a loss. Um, but then you came back. Your your next fight. You talk about fights not disappearing from your fighter record. They have you listed as fighting and getting a win against Beaver. Yeah, I, that was, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, man, there's a lot of weird stuff on there. That was that was in India. I'm surprised it's even on there. I, I don't even know who, how they did that. I, I I think the guy's name was actually like. His nickname was the Squirrel. I, I don't know. He was just—I don't know. It came on there, Beaver, Beaver, or something. So I don't know. There's just so so much misprep. That was back in like the '90s, man. I don't care any of that stuff. You got to take with a grain of salt because, I mean, man, the, the internet was brand new, and my, I mean, yeah. it was funny yeah. back then, dude. Like I said, I'm surprised it's even on there because, like, that was right around around the era. Like, yeah, people would be like, "Your first fight was your second fight was in Japan." I mean, that's yeah. what it says, but they, I wasn't one to know. They sent me to Japan. I, I mean, I fought yeah. around the Midwest a lot, you know. Yeah. That makes <laughs> sense. You, you, didn't, you didn't fight Dave Monet after he had added like 30 fights when you only had three? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'd had more than that too. But yeah, it, that was that was a tough, that was the toughest tournament ever, man. So I, I go up, you know, I, I don't even know Dave Strasser. I meet him up at his place and we drive up together to this tournament. He's in it. I'm in it. Laverne Clarkson, he's like 4 0 in the UFC at the time. Matt Hughes is in it. He's like, you know, UFC guy. Dave Manet, UFC guy. There was like there's like six UFC veterans in that eight man tournament that day. I drew Dave Manet first and it was just a bloodbath, man. We wow. we beat the brakes <laughs> off each other. And I remember afterwards, like, he won a decision and I was like, all right, I'm guys pissed. And I was, you know, Monty Cox comes up to me. He's like, Hey, uh, I don't think Dave's going on to the next round. Will you fight Laverne Clark? I'm like, Hell yeah, I'll fight him. And then uh a little bit later, he came back and said, that nah, Dave's going to go ahead and do it. And he fought and beat Laverne, and then he dropped out. <laughs> but it, oh, it was a brutal tournament, man. It was it was, it was, was nuts, man. That's, that's what you got back then. You know, just everybody everybody wanted to fight at all times. It didn't matter who. What's your uh, – I saw you put on Twitter not that uh, couple weeks ago because uh, of the – I'm only asking about it because he's in the news again. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, you kind of invited him to throw oh, yeah. hands at BKFC. Um, you, you, what, what's your take on him as a uh, combat sports athlete? He, he's not. He's a YouTube guy, you know, who has a lot of followers, man. People like him, and you know, I mean, he he's trained. I mean, you know that you can tell when you watch him versus Nate. Nate never mm-hmm. sparred. You know, he. I guarantee you watch him on the bags. He's a beast. Oh, he's probably hitting mitts. Look how good he is. But you can tell he hadn't done any real rounds. You know, I mean, you can tell Paul's been in there and he's been he's been doing the work for a while, but I don't care what you say. Unless you've been in there and you've competed a lot in the ring, it's not quite the same. So, um, you know, I don't know. I just have a little bit of maybe chip on my shoulder. A lot of this millennial type of uh, hype thinking you're that you're on a certain level when you're not, you know? So I'm like, all right, well, uh, Hey, I'd love to bring you over to bare knuckle, man. That's my passion right now. I like it. And I'd like to see, Hey, he'd bring a lot of eyes over there. Come on. I mean, you know, you've done this boxing thing. That's great. Now, now, what could make you, you know, into another round, man? Go do some bare knuckle. And, and uh, if you want to do it, hell, I'll, I'll, I'll do it with you. That'd be fun. <laughs> 
I, I see a, a vet listed right now. I noticed it today for Thailand on January 2nd. Maybe that's something we can't talk about. But uh, No, no. You, we, uh, um, yeah. is, that, is that BKFC? Are they having an event in Thailand? Um, what they're doing now, uh, they got something called Kingdom and something called Toe the Line. And those are kind of like affiliates. Um, so that what we're trying to do here, uh, BKFC is, I'd say, kind of like the UFC in a way, like like the big the big deal, the Super Bowl in a way. And we want to have some kind of smaller feeder shows. We don't want people who are like, oh, no, fighting for us. We want to have, you've had a couple bare knuckle experiences, you know, at least one or two fights. So we're trying to get these other affiliates to do some uh, of their own. And then, so they're affiliated in some way. I'm not even really sure how that I wasn't in that meeting, but they, uh, <laughs> they're getting some other people to put on some fights. And then, you know, if you do well, you graduate, you get to come to BKFC. Hmm, nice. I like that. It makes sense to me. Because like I said, you don't see anybody 0-0 in the UFC. You have to fight in other shows. So that's what we're mm. doing here. I know that. That's great. The Toe of the Line series has been great. For fans that are listening, for three ninety nine and a small setup charge, uh, the BKFC app is available uh, on a month-by-month basis. Um, usually get a BKFC event and a Toe of the Line event per month. Unreal. Best deal in combat sports. You're right. I mean, my God, I, I want to talk to who's in charge of that because they're undercutting themselves. At least, at least be like nine ninety nine a month. It's freaking <laughs> four bucks a month. <laughs> it's less for the whole year than you are going to get, you know, for one UFC fight. It's like, that's nuts, man. I don't get it. But hey, I love it. Let's get as many people watching as we can because you get to hear great insight from people like myself. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, again, I recommend everybody, uh, not necessarily for the squeamish, but definitely for uh, any fans that are looking for uh, nonstop action. Uh, I, I think it's the best in the business right now. I'm a fan. I look forward to uh, maybe there being an event somewhere out west here. Uh, I know California ain't going to legalize it, but maybe we can get into Arizona. We or, got it in Arizona. We're talk- I mean, we got them legalized. We're going to put one on there. I think we got New Mexico. We're talking about all these as soon as uh, as soon as COVID you know, lets up or as soon as we can get things going on back there, the Arizona is definitely one of them we're coming to. Outstanding. I'll be at every one of those shows. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm a fiend for it. So I will be looking you up uh, when I, when I get out there and uh, buy you a beer or a whiskey or, or something uh, or oh. water, whatever, both, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever it takes. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, just outstanding. Um, again, big event coming up on Super Bowl weekend, Paige Van Zandt, Dat Wynn, uh, Johnny Bedford. And then in the future, uh, as a, as a fan of the big boys and the big swingers, I'm looking forward to Sam Shoemaker and uh, Joey Beltron hopefully getting done and, and Arnold Al- Allen getting back into the mix a- in the heavyweight division. So uh, thanks for coming on, Chris. Uh, it, it's been an absolute honor for, I know both of us to be able to speak to you. Um, we've yes, talked sir. to some, some good fighters, but uh, nobody with your, uh, with your, you know, with your accolades. So wow. it, it, the fact awesome. that you made some time for us, uh, we really, really appreciate it. Of course, man, Mr. Carl, Matthew, thank you very much for letting me come talk. And uh, anything that you ever let me uh, come back on again, let me know. All right. Fans can check this uh, interview out at allaccessmma.com. Follow me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at MMAHawk21. Uh, you can follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram, uh, Old Head Carb on Twitch. Um, again, Chris, thanks for your time. Look forward to running to you in future events and, uh, let's, let's help BKFC raise up and, uh, and give us a monthly nonstop chaos that, uh, we all <laughs> loved in the nineties. <laughs> so, exactly. Thanks again, brother. And, uh, I'll talk to you later, Ed. Have a good cool. night guys. Thanks. Guys. Yeah.
Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening, and if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.